Well, good morning and a very warm welcome to St Swithin's this morning. A particular welcome if you're joining us via the website as a guest. It's great to have you with us. I'm sure many of you are the same as me in finding it really hard being apart in this season. But I want to thank you for your prayers, for your encouragement at this time and for all you're doing as a church. It's really, really appreciated. It continues to be incredibly inspiring to hear this, some of the small stories of encouraging, of caring, of looking after each other, but also some of the big stories of people who are going the extra mile. And so thank you this morning. And again, also so encouraging to hear God is answering our prayers in all sorts of different ways. Thank you to you this morning. If you've continued to share your story with lessons in lockdown or you feel God is speaking to you, have got something to share about God is here. Actually, as you give, all of us are blessed. This morning, we're thinking about celebrating. And I wonder what the best party you've ever been to is. What did it include? Was it great music? Was it great food? Was it amazing company? Was it the location that made it special? Was it what you did at the party that made it particularly special? Or was it just a great atmosphere, a night or a day that you just won't ever forget? There are lots of different ingredients for a great celebration. Christians have always have someone and something to celebrate as we gather. We are people who are thankful and celebrate, even during the tough times. And that's because of Jesus' great love for us. So as we put our trust in Jesus, we experience his forgiveness, his acceptance, we experience his freedom from sin and guilt. And we experience the abundance of life that Jesus came to bring us. So it's an amazing experience, an amazing gift each Christian has that we can always celebrate. So this morning we're gonna celebrate, we're gonna sing as we always do. And thank God for his gift of life, for all he has given us, and to join in the celebration of heaven this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your gift of life. Thank you that you pour your abundance upon us. Thank you that you're not um, mean and uh, not wanting to give to us, but you long to pour your life out upon us. Would you come afresh upon us and release joy amongst us? In Jesus' name, amen. This morning's reading is taken from John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no more wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out, and, they, and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. 
When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Good morning, everyone. I'm really looking forward to taking weddings. The preparation, the anticipation, the buzz, the beauty, and of course, wondering if the best man is going to remember to bring the rings or not. John gives us an account in today's passage of a wonderful celebration that is a wedding feast. Jesus and his disciples have been invited to a party that would have lasted up to a week, a huge elaborate event replacing a honeymoon for the couple. It's at this event that Jesus does his first miracle, making the wedding far more about the guests than about the bride and groom. In fact, if you have a look at verse 11, John describes this as a sign, the first of seven signs that point to who Jesus is and through which he reveals his glory. These seven signs are unique to John's gospel and he refers to them in chapter 20 and verse 31 at the end of the book, saying, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life everlasting, life in his name. You see, these signs are purposeful and spiritually significant because each one helps the reader to know Jesus and to receive the life he offers. Like a parable, they have meanings beyond what actually happens. They're like public clues to help people see who Jesus is and why he's come. And it might seem strange that his first miracle was one uh, was was this one rather than one that was a healing miracle, giving sight to the blind or forgiving sin. But not only does it tell us that Jesus really enjoys the celebration, but also that he has good reasons for everything he does. We're going to spend a few minutes together considering this first sign and thinking about Jesus as the master of the banquet who brings joy and also the Messiah who brings salvation. The master of the banquet. So who is the man that steals the show at a wedding and rescues this young couple from disaster and shame? He's a, a guest and yet this miracle sets the scene at the beginning of his ministry for all that's to follow. A successful wedding breakfast, to give its official title, can make or break a party, depending on how efficient and organised the master of ceremonies is. Some are so nervous they don't have a clue what's happening, while others give clear direction through a meal, ensure drinks topped up, food arrives on time and speeches happen at the appropriate moment. The master of the banquet here has a similar role. He's a guest. And part of his role would have been to keep an eye on the drinks, ensuring there was plenty of wine for the guests. Because wine was the standard drink then, there's no bar. The best wine would have been served first and then when that had run out, the cheap stuff would have come as the hosts would imagine that their guests would be less discerning by then. 
And yet it's day three of what could have been a week-long celebrations and the wine has run out, all the wine. The Chateau Neuf de Pape and the Lambrusco. It's all gone. It's a disaster. Mary notices immediately, perhaps because she was involved in the catering, she tells her son, hinting that he could do something about the situation. Soon after, the master of the banquet is tasting the best wine he's ever had and quickly imagines the bridegroom has saved the very best till now. Disaster is avoided and celebrations continue as Jesus enables the party to keep going even better than before. You see, Jesus is the true master of the banquet. He's the one that brings the real joy to the party. The message here is that he's come to bring joy to all, to give a reason to celebrate that cannot be matched by any earthly celebration. He is the abundant joy giver. In the world's terms, joy is a bit of a limited experience. Parties are short-lived, the highs of life ebb and flow. The prodigal spends his inheritance, the teenage Teenager plays hard until they're exhausted and realises their lifestyle doesn't quite provide what they're hoping for. The professional works hard, enjoys their holidays and yet still feels unfulfilled at the end of their working life. Caroline Flack, a TV presenter, took her own life recently. She was fun, beautiful and bubbly. She was at the top of her game. She'd won Strictly Come Dancing. She'd brought the TV programme Love Island to the top of the TV charts. And yet she was in pain, broken and sad. She'd been arrested for assault and for whatever reason, couldn't go on anymore. She looked joyful when we saw her on the telly. And yet that joy seemed to be only skin deep. You see, joy is limited other than through Christ. Yes, we face ups and downs, suffering and pain, sorrows and difficulties. But this master of the banquet invites us to an everlasting feast with him where joy is boundless and celebrations will be beyond our wildest imaginations. The question for us is, do we know this Jesus, the joy bringer? Do we celebrate in delight in the one who is the Lord of the feast? Are we delighting in the abundant life he provides? Or are we trudging on, keeping going, working hard, complaining a bit along the way and perhaps feeling resentful of how hard it is to be a Christian and how tough life is? I'm not saying that life isn't tough because it is at times. But let's remember that the Christian life is one of joy because we know where we're heading and we know whose party we've been invited to for all eternity. Secondly, Jesus is the Messiah, the one that offers salvation to all. Jesus directs the servants to fill the six ceremonial water jars to the brim. These jars were really important. The guests would have needed to wash their hands regularly during the week-long celebrations to keep themselves ceremonially clean and pure before God. Washing hands along with sacrifices and offerings were fundamental to the life of an obedient Jewish family. And Jesus' request is deliberate. Turning the water jars into the best wine has divine purpose. You see, the Jewish regulations of the Old Testament demonstrated God's holiness and that human beings were spiritually flawed and in need of um, spiritual cleansing through the rituals that God gave Israel. 
Without these regulations and rituals, people could not enjoy God's presence with them. Here, Jesus replaces the old idea by signposting a new way, a new life that he offers where those regulations and rules are no longer necessary and where anyone can enjoy a full and joyful life with him for all eternity, simply by accepting the abundant gift he gives of himself at the cross. You see, we try to purify ourselves for God still by all sorts of means, by trying to improve our behaviour or making sure we keep a ritual and maybe going to church or even praying and doing good. But none of this is enough. Jesus has come to replace the old system of Jewish law by offering life in all its fullness and abundance through belief and trust in him. You see, the best wine is his salvation offered to all people. It's an abundant and overflowing and there's enough for all. This wine brings everlasting joy as we are invited to taste and see that the Lord is good. Come and taste it. Enjoy it. See that it is good and celebrate. The best has been saved until now because Jesus is the Messiah, the best gift that God can offer his people. They've had rituals and regulations. They've had people to lead them and prophets to guide them. But all have been flawed. Jesus is without flaw and the greatest gift of all. He knows the suffering that's to come and he's had three years to demonstrate and he he has three years to demonstrate to those he meets who he is and to reveal the glory of God. This wonderful sign is only the first reveal of the abundant, joyful life he offers. There's more to come. So I wonder how you demonstrate the joy of knowing Christ. We're not all people who jump up and down singing at the tops of our voices of how great Jesus is. We're not all those who sit in the peace and quiet of a garden and know the joy of Christ as we enjoy his creation. Some of us have suffered greatly or are suffering greatly. Some of us struggle with depression and anxiety. Some are sick, bereaved, lonely or afraid. But... And it's such an important but. Amidst this reality, Jesus is the joy bringer. Despite his suffering, Paul rejoiced at the work of Christ so much that he longed to be with him before all else. Receiving Christ into our lives brings joy into the deepest parts of our hearts as we experience his love and become confident of the party we've been invited to and will enjoy for all eternity. It starts the day we give our lives to him. Joy is there to draw on through all we face from day to day. Enjoy him, celebrate him, raise your voices to praise him and sit in the quiet with him because he offers you life in all its fullness. Receive that from him. Let's pray. Father God, as we come before you now, may each of us receive afresh the joy that you offer in Christ. May we know life in all its fullness as we follow you this week and may we celebrate. Amen.
Mm-hmm.